Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has room. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Bus Podcast, presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and we just wrapped up the first week of spring camp. Uh, I guess if you count it in like normal weeks, we, which we absolutely do. Uh, today was the last day without pads. Uh, speaking of which, I actually had a chance to talk with Brady Russell for about 10 minutes after practice today, and I'm going to play that audio for you guys later on. That's how I'll end things here. And... Uh, he, he said, as you'll hear later, it's actually the first day in shoulder pads and in his words, you don't need pants to hit. So good stuff from Brady as always love talking to that guy. Um, we'll get to more of that later on in the show, obviously. Um, as I said, this is the third day of practice. They practice Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And so this Saturday, is kind of the the end of the week. Now you get Sunday off, you get Monday off. They'll be back at it on Tuesday. Um, I think we're going to do a podcast on Monday, and that's where we'll really dig into what Carl had to say. Um, I uh, Here's the truth. It's Saturday, Final Four's on, and I want to watch it. So this is going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast. Honestly, I mean, there's really no rush. Villanova's down by 14 right now, so who... That's, that's beside the point. Um, the point is, we're going to touch on a couple of the key notes from um, Carl, but then really dig into some tight end stuff, dig into what Brady had to say, and uh, then we'll be back Monday to, to really dive even deeper into what Carl had to say and kind of preview the week ahead. Um, I also had a chance to talk with Trevor Woods today. I might cut up that audio. Um, I already I already wrote a story about it, so if you're curious what he had to say, um, you can jump on there, and it has basically all of that information. Again, thedmvr.com. Definitely go check that out. And uh, 
There you go. I think that that's basically all we got to get to. In terms of big stuff from Carl today, he did say that they're dealing with some injuries to the receivers, which is stuff, I mean, we already knew that. We knew that, um, let's see, I think Ty Robinson, uh, there was the big play that, that kind of stole the headlines on the first day of camp, 40 yards. He, he mosses a couple of cornerbacks. He, apparently on that play, he he sprained his ankle a little bit, tweaked his ankle. I guess sprained is a word that you don't use unless you know that's what it is. But he he hasn't been out there. Um, I think uh, who else? There was one more I thought we knew. Maybe not. Uh, but they're down to about six guys out there right now, and that obviously causes some issues. Uh, he also mentioned that the offensive line. With the offensive line, there's uh, a, a little bit of new information, and I think it's pretty notable. Um, first of all, Noah Fenske is playing as their, their number one center right now. It's, it's him as the number one, and then you've got Austin Johnson as the number two. That's a really good uh, competition, and it sounds like Carson Lee is actually a part of that competition, but he's been working more at guard recently, um, so... There's kind of a an initial look at what the interior of the line looks like. Now the other piece, and this is probably the most surprising part to me, we had we had been talking about these tackles as basically a three-way competition for two spots. So you have Jake Wiley out there who started at left tackle all year last year as a freshman. On on the right side, you had Frank Phillip who was dealing with some injury stuff, but was out there for a lot of the season. Um, and then you bring in Tommy Brown from Alabama. Now. I had been kind of assuming Tommy's going to take one of those starting jobs. We learned from Carl today that Tommy's actually been working quite a bit at guard. So, again, that's a little bit of a surprise to me. It seems like he would be one of your tackles, and maybe this is just kind of the first look they get. You know, you have your your two kind of incumbents, and you have those two work out there with the starters, and then you bring Tommy in to kind of change things up, see what that looks like. Who knows? Um, but that is some new information that we learned today. And again, it kind of changes how you look at the offensive line. Um, again, so you have Fenske competing in the middle. He also, Carl kind of praised Casey Roddick and the work that he's been doing. I think it's safe to say, as we've been saying basically since last season ended, that Casey's going to be one of your starting guards. So as it so stands right now, it sounds like you've got Wiley, you've got Phillip, those are your tackles, you've got Tommy Brown and Casey Roddick, those are your guards. They've got Noah Fenske, who transferred in last year before the season from Iowa. I think he has three years of eligibility left. It might just be two. I should have looked into that before I got, got on the podcast. Um, but he's kind of competing with Austin Johnson, potentially uh, Carson Lee as well. And again, this, regardless of how this shakes out, I think that we'll knock on wood here, but it should be miles better than the group that you had last year, um, even if it's just because of coaching. Um, but talent-wise, I think as well, you, you've made some upgrades. Um, I think that that is kind of the big stuff there. Um, like I said, had a chance to talk with Trevor Woods today. Um, again, most of that stuff is up on the website. There wasn't anything too revolutionary in there. Uh, he said he, he's always worn number 43. Um, there's been like two games in high school when he got called up where he didn't wear 43. And then last year he came to CU and wore number 42. 
Um, he did change to number 43. Uh, he said that that's why it's always been his number. Also, it was his dad's number. That's how it originally happened. Uh, so he's back where, where he's more comfortable being in terms of the numbers. A little off topic there, but whatever. Um, also, when asked if there are any safeties that stood out, there's one name that we heard that uh, I found pretty interesting. I found pretty interesting. Oki Salavea. Um, the, again, Oki's going to be working in a bunch of different spots. He's the one guy currently on the roster listed as an athlete and not listed at a specific position. Um, safety would make a lot of sense. A potentially linebacker, probably in that star spot where you're a bit of a hybrid, makes the very most sense. Um, and he's only a freshman. Will we see him out there? Who knows? But that's... Uh, there, there's an, there's probably the name of the day. Um, Eric Olson apparently had another big day today. Uh, you'll remember first day of practice on Wednesday. He had seven or eight catches according to Carl Durrell. It sounds like he had five more today. Um, I asked I asked uh, Brady about him later on, but you'll you'll hear about that as or hear from him as well. Um, I think and let me just double check these notes to make sure that I didn't miss anything. But I'm pretty sure that that should be just about everything. And maybe we'll dig in, like I said, just a little bit deeper on Monday. You know, Carl mentioned Tyron. Uh, Tyron Taylor is one of the corners who's playing well. Um, that's notable because Trevor also mentioned him as one of the safeties who's playing well. Makes sense that they're moving him around quite a bit. Um, but he's standing out regardless of where he goes. Um. Uh, just a couple more names in that secondary. He did say, so So the first day of practice, the story was kind of the offense, the passing game. Um, but he says that part of that was because they were playing a lot of zone coverage on defense. They've been manned the last couple of days, and, and that means there's tighter coverage, it's a tougher throw, and then it's also a tougher catch. And because of that, you've seen some really good stuff from these young cornerbacks. He shouted out Kalen Moore and Josh Wiggins in particular. Impressive for Josh to get his name called, right? Because he's a true freshman, early enrollee. Back in the day, he wouldn't have been on campus until the fall anyway. Um, but but that probably stands out. Um, but for more on all of the, the secondary stuff, click on that story on the website. Um, big runs from both Alex and Dion Smith. Um, yeah, overall, he's happy with what he's seen said that there's been more work with the tight ends because of um, the, the injuries to the receivers. But but still, um, a, a, he said a couple of really great catches today in the red zone area. Called out one from R.J. Sneed in the end zone. There's one from Montana as well. A lot of plays from those guys, but still worried about the depth a little bit. And um, bu- 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 I think we can call that good. I think we can call that good, and maybe we'll dig into some more of those clips on Monday because I'll have time to cut all that up. Uh, but those are the big stories there. Um, let's uh, let's let's real quick. You've got to get your hands on Wana's fast asleep uh, optimals. They're they're these little gummies, and the way that it works is it's it's like. 20 THC to, to 100 CBD. So it's mostly a CBD type deal, but there is a little bit of THC too. And they've been carefully putting these together so that they will help you fall asleep quickly. Um, it, it's really cool stuff. It works really well. Um, and it, it's supposed to have your eyes feeling heavy within 5 to 15 minutes. They've done all sorts of different studies on these things. And so, you know, like the over-the-counter type of pharmaceuticals that help you 
fall asleep that kind of knock you out those put you in a fog they can kind of have those lasting impacts through the next day these wana optimals fast asleep gummies do not do that they're a holistic plant-based solution and they tackle the root cause causes of sleeplessness like stress like pain that sort of stuff it doesn't just make you drowsy like the, those other pills do um like i said there's 10 milligrams of cbd there's just a hint of thc they put a little bit of melatonin in there um some rare cannabinoids cbg cbn those help relieve stress stiffness discomfort they come in a delicious dreamberry flavor so definitely get your hands on those they'll help you fall asleep in just five to 15 minutes and don't put you in a fog. You can get those at Colorado's premier dispensary. That's Lightshade. They've got 10, actually no, 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. They offer something for everyone, whether you're a casual consumer, whether you're a connoisseur, make sure you get down to Lightshade for all of your cannabis needs, CBD, THC, all that stuff. Plus podcast listeners can get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you also want to give a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook like I said Villanova actually now down 16 at halftime I'm in line to lose a little bit of money the good news is I've been taking all those boosts so I think there was like a 25% boost on both of these games that means if you wanted Villanova instead of taking them like plus 160 you get them at over plus 200 it shifts the odds in your favor if you want you can say like ah I want to win this amount of money and now I get to bet less or you can say, I'm going to bet this amount of money. Now I can win more. Uh, so even if you do wind up missing your bet, like I do, the odds are at least in your favor. You know, it's that, it's that crazy thing where it's like you have to you have to hit at least 53% of your bets if, if you're taking like the standard minus 110 on both sides. 53% and you wind up making money. 52% and the book winds up winning. And so when the margins are so slim like that, when these boosts shift them, so it's like, yeah, when you if you were to only take DraftKings boosts, I bet that number is more like 48%. And, and again, margins are very slim in betting. There's so many boosts. There have been all throughout this tournament that, honestly, I guess at this point, if, if you were to bet with those boosts on both games and you hit one and miss the other, you wind up ahead. DraftKings has so many offers like that. In particular, they actually have one for new offers. You're going to get one more chance to get in on this for this championship game. You put $5 on either team to win. You win $200 in free bets if you're right. It's awesome stuff. It's a great way to start that DraftKings uh, account up. Um, and, and so definitely do that. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And remember, use that code DNVR to get that deal. $5 to win $200 in free bets if you're right. And your DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. We're taking Duke to win the championship. It's Coach K, it's magic, it's, that's, that's what college basketball is all about. It's not even about like skill or talent or even like coaching. It's just about who has the most magic this time of year. And the answer is absolutely Coach K in his last run. Take Duke, you're going to make some money. That's your DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Okay, uh, so like I said, we're going to wrap things up here by letting you hear from the guy, Brady Russell, who's been around for quite a while. We talked about that. We talked about all sorts of different stuff. Uh, I think really there's, I, I do want to talk about these tight ends just a little bit because as we've talked about, 
it's it's been a position that's really been in flux for a couple of years now. You know, you think back to the 2020 season, that's when they had to you know, move guys from defensive line to, from linebacker over to tight end just to have enough bodies to play the sport of football. And then you go to last year where they wind up with 12 tight ends in camp, like half their roster is tight ends. It was wild. Now this year, you've wound up with this really refined group. First of all, Brady Russell, he's your number one tight end. He's one of the best tight ends in the conference. I think he's really due to break out this season um, just because he probably should have last year, but there was no passing game. Um, Behind him, there are four freshmen. Now, some of them have been here. This is like year three. Some of them are fairly, I mean, do they? I don't know if they have an actual true freshman there. I guess they do coming into the group over the summer, but no early enrollees at the position. Um, so many options there. Obviously, Eric Olson has been having a really great camp. This is his second year on campus. Last year was a redshirt year. Didn't see all the see the field all that much. But you also have Caleb Fourier right behind him, um, who who's actually now in his third year on campus. He's obviously the son of Christian Fourier. He's a very talented player. You have uh, Austin Smith. Carl Durrell actually shouted him out. He was a late signee last year and is now a redshirt freshman. He only played receiver in high school. He came out of like an air raid system or some sort of spread system that didn't use a tight end. Um, and he he's fast. He's big. He's, he's that move sort of tight end. And out of that group, you you're going to get a stud and I've been saying this for a while now but I really do think that out of you know Fourier Passarello we didn't even talk about him there's just so many options there and you're starting to see them start to start to pan out um also talked to Carl Durrell today uh, about having uh, uh Clay Patterson be the passing game coordinator so he's the tight ends coach and passing game coordinator it's a little bit quirky right like typically it's your quarterback's coach or your wide receiver's coach who's your passing game coordinator for CU it's a tight ends coach and Carl did say that that was by design like they haven't been able to get much production out of that group they want to incorporate the tight ends coach more and so he said that this really pulls everything together it means that everybody's kind of on the same page because you have him as passing game coordinator you have Samford as the uh, quarterbacks coach you have Carl who spends a lot of time with the receivers obviously they'll be listening in with Phil McGagan as well a veteran coach out there he says that this really does just make everything fit together really well and that's part of the reason you're starting to see these results. You're starting to see tight ends make plays in practice. Uh, so I thought that that was interesting. Brady talks about that a little bit as well. Um, in terms of context, things you need to know before you listen to this, I can think of three things off the top of my head. Uh, first of all, I wrote this really long thing about Brendan Lewis last year. Um, his playing last year, I wrote it just a few days ago. It actually is unlocked, so even if you're not a subscriber, you can go list or go watch it. It's there's like 22 different clips. 15 of them are Brendan on third or fourth down last year, but just kind of digging into what he did well, what he didn't, um, and basically. I uh, there there's one section. It's actually the second section in there. It's like a 3,000 word thing. It's I think it's kind of interesting. You probably have to be a football nerd to like it, whatever. But the second one, uh, the, here's what I'll say. The first one was actually about the pressure. The offensive line didn't work out. How does that hurt Brendan? Basically showed you the examples of the specifics of what goes wrong when that happens. Also, 
in that second section, I, I kind of keyed in on this little quirky thing that happened, which was this block and release sort of deal that we saw pop up a little bit more later in the season. You know, there's a clip of Dion coming in. He's trying to pass protect. He actually blows his block, and because of that, Brendan rolls out. Dion kind of rolls out with him. It's a completion. It doesn't move the change, but it does turn like a third and 11 into a fourth and one. And then Dion ran to pick up the first on the next play. And, and so it's this little concept that you have somebody stick in and block. It helps with your protection. But then also you have somebody to leak out and, and be that option off script. I talked to Brady about this as well, which you're going to hear. And I thought it was really interesting that Brady said, None of that was by design. That's just backyard football. And honestly, I feel like I should go back into that story and throw like a little disclaimer in there. It's like, hey, Brady says that this wasn't something that Darren Cheverini was drawing up. It's just something that he started reading and then other guys kind of picked up on. So that definitely, more than anything, probably stands out from this interview to me. Um, and so there's your first piece of context. There are two more pieces. Um, one of them is that pretty early on, Clay Patterson walks by and says, uh, that Brady Russell might be the only person to do an interview with his shirt off in a man bun. And uh, I'm not sure if the audio catches up, but you'll probably hear when that happens. That's what was said. Um, the The other piece of context is that later on in the interview, JT Shrout comes over and JT puts like a fake mic up in Brady's face. Um, I ask him to ask a question. He doesn't ask a question, but uh, good stuff from Brady as always. I'll... Uh, I'll be back, like I said, on Monday with another podcast. We'll dig a little bit deeper into what Carl had to say and uh, kind of preview the second week of camp. We're only we're one week from today. Every one of us, me, you, everybody, we're going to be allowed into Folsom Field to watch these guys play. I I cannot. I'm literally just got butterflies. I, I had I had some goosebumps on my way up to practice today. I had butterflies when I was just thinking about it right now. I cannot tell you how excited I am to go see these guys play football because it is going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, a whole lot of fun. And I can't, I can't put into words how excited I am. Uh, but, but we'll be talking about all that stuff next week. I'll be back on Monday, like I said. Here is Brady Russell. Uh, so, I mean, two days into practice. Yeah, two days. Three, mm-hmm. three, three, three in now. Yep. How's it going? It's going well. Yeah? Yeah, it feels good getting back after it and fully healthy again and everything because I mean after the season you're always banged up and by the end of the season you don't feel too great you're just playing anyways but being healthy moving around getting pads popping a little bit it's fun definitely I mean obviously season doesn't go the way you want it to go it's Mm -hmm. gotta be nice just kind of get that taste out of your mouth and turn the page and be on to 2022 right a hundred percent it feels good having a another fresh start I guess I've had quite a few of those here but having another fresh start learning new offense implementing new schemes and and... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah it feels good getting a fresh start getting after it so yeah um, like you said, you've been here quite a while now. Like yeah. it seems like when I first started covering the team a few years ago, you were already one of the kind of like the veterans know, on the team. Or not, like three years ago with Tucker, sorta. What's that like now, being at this point in your career and still like being around, no know, knowing what's coming basically every day? Uh, it's interesting for sure. Um, <laughs> it's kind of I don't think other guys have a understanding for how long you've been here and how you understand the things going on. Yeah. And when you're talking to them, like, you're just trying to give them advice and help them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't understand the perspective that I have looking back. Because, I mean, it's this is my fifth spring going into my sixth year. So 
I have so much time here. It's kind of, I almost yeah. feel like my coach told me to treat it like being an NFL vet. So mm-hmm. I'm helping out the young guys that are coming in. I'm bringing everybody up to speed. I've been here forever. I know this is how everything works. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, he mentioned that to us too before the spring. He's like playing for the tight ends. Obviously a bunch of young guys in there, but Brady, like protect the body, do those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Does that mean like taking some reps off, spending more time <clears throat> watching the other guys, trying to coach them up? Or are you still like in there every single time going through all the drills? Well, I'm definitely, I mean, I go through all the drills and whatnot, but when team periods come around, a lot of it's just trying to get those young guys' experience and stuff that they don't have, because I have so much experience under my belt, I don't need to see each different front and each different look and how a different guy will play me versus how this kind of front will play me. So, totally. Uh, I don't necessarily need the reps, I just get on here and there and, and work in when I need to to see new things, and so, I mean, we have a new offensive staff, so they need still need to see what I can do, so I hop in and showing what I can do in certain areas um but I really I don't need to take a ton of reps I just need to stay fresh and keep my body fresh and remember how to go out there once in a while and remember how to block a nine tech yeah totally um we've heard quite a bit about Eric Olsen so far Mm -hmm. I think like eight catches the first day five catches today something like that just what, what have you seen from him now that he's he's in his second year yeah, he's growing immensely for sure. It's really fun watching mm-hmm. all three of them. Really, it's fun seeing the strides that they make because mm-hmm. even one day one to day three, it is unbelievable. Like it kind of blows my mind every time. It does it every year. The young guys that come in, how much they'll improve, but uh, it's coming along really quick for them. And I think Coach Patterson, he could, he should get a lot of credit for that because he does a great job in the meeting room and a great job teaching his whole off season uh, leading up to this, teaching them how things work the mentality that we're going to carry as a group. So uh, a lot of credit to him for sure for the way that these guys have grown and then a lot of credit to these guys for the way they've implemented the coaching. What what kind of tips do you give those guys? Or what do you harp Like, is it blocking? Like, do you have to tell them, like, hey, make sure you're you're fighting your ass off out there? Is it, like, running routes like this? Like, what, what does that sound like? Uh, I definitely will emphasize technique and, and the way we run routes or the way we block and stuff. But more of the time, because Coach Patterson is doing the coaching, um, and obviously sometimes practice goes fast, so I'll yep. help and step in when I need to and coach a certain technique. But I'm more of a effort and enthusiastic encourager, and yeah, trying to <laughs> trying to bring guys along. If someone's walking somewhere, or someone's mm-hmm. doing something, or they make a big play, I want to celebrate them. I want to bring them up, lift them up. I'm not uh, quite as much of a grinding into their technique and picking apart their game. That's Coach Patterson's job. Okay. More, I will help, but more of a effort guy for sure. Yeah. Um, what's it What's it like having him also be the passing game coordinator? It's pretty fun. Is it? Yeah. There's a lot of a lot more interesting <laughs> things. A lot more interesting <laughs> things. We get to do. I know. <laughs> He's got some heavy hands. It does. Wow. Uh, there's a lot more interesting schemes and things that more interesting things we get to do. Really. Mm-hmm. So, because I mean, I think last year I think I only caught. Two balls beyond the line of scrimmage that weren't. Yeah. You were open for more. I know. They, they, weren't, uh, they weren't scramble drills. Though. I caught a few scramble drills down there. But other than that, yeah. I think everything was just lateral at the line of scrimmage and running after the catch. So So those scramble drills, so it seems like there were a lot of them where you were you were pulled into block, especially late in the year. Like Oregon, Oregon State, mm-hmm. where you know it's like six men in protection, and then you kind of leak out. Mm-hmm. Is that called for you to leak out, or is that just... No, that's 100 percent just me. Okay. Seeing this, football happen, so I just go do make some, try to make something happen. When you had a young quarterback like Brendan last year. Oh. Oh yeah. Any questions? 
Come on, there's gotta be something. No questions. No questions. That's tough to believe. Um, but yeah, like you have Brendan back there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a young quarterback. How how hard is it to develop the chemistry on those sorts of plays? Because obviously, like you run plays in practice, but when it comes to just like, hey, look, I'm open and I'm right here. Some of that has to be kind of organic. And does that take time to build? Um, I mean, you, it's hard to build much chemistry on scramble drills, other than. I guess in practice, obviously, and then mm-hmm. uh, I think the most chemistry just comes. We spent a lot of time together throwing the ball off the field. Even since when he was a true freshman, got here. That's I think it was the summer when he got here, the yep. COVID summer. Though. Yep. Uh, me, him, and Katie Nixon and Maurice Bell spent a ton of time okay. in the field. But he, because he was always the guy that he wanted to throw all the time. Okay. So I want to throw with him too, and we built a lot of chemistry then, and then have oh. just continued to build it over the years. Uh, so you can just operate kind of on the same page mm-hmm. at all times, and that helps a lot. So like the the Utah, there's a Utah scramble drill, for example, where I, I had to, okay. it really wasn't even my guy, but I had to come across the line of scrimmage and block Devin Lloyd. Okay, not a fun job. That one? I don't remember that one. So I came I came running across, I blocked, blocked him for a second, but then right after I just flip off him and I catch the ball and run for about 15. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so what is that? Is that? That's not called that way. 100%, no, it's, it's just... Making you just start and play football, backyard football, really. Okay. Because I block him for a second, B lose right there, so I just drift right here, pitches it to me, and go run and see what can happen. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's kind of fun when things like that happen, too. So yeah. it's fun working with B Luke's, we can be on the same page, and he's really good on the run, mm-hmm. so. And did you guys get a chance to throw, you or JT even, too, like since the end of last year? Like off of not, not during practice, not. Around, oh, yeah, we throw yeah. a few times a week. Really? Sure. Yeah. Like, around what time? Is that, like, a nighttime thing? Is that before class in the morning? Uh, Sometimes it was morning. Sometimes it was after workouts in the e- afternoon. We'd throw in the evenings and just get it out in the indoor and okay. get after it. Who sets that stuff up? Whoever. I mean, usually okay. I'll text, text B.L.U. usually every day or something. Or okay. J.T., whoever, yeah. And who usually shows up? Uh, Me, Lewis, Montana's always there. Okay. Um, R.J., Chase. Most everybody's makes it there if they can, but it, yeah, just depends. Okay, whoever well, can make it. What's RJ like? RJ's a good player. Is I like he? watching him. Yeah, it's fun watching his routes on tape. Yesterday he had a nice. He had. He's running in a dig route, and his guy probably had three yards of inside leverage on him. Okay. And he set him up, and I don't, I don't know how he still managed to get inside. It was really impressive. Yeah, that's I wild. Just a jab, jab, and came underneath and got wide open. It's cool. It's cool watching him. He knows what he's doing. It's got to be valuable for that room in particular mm-hmm. to have somebody like that because there's a lot of there's a lot of talent but it's mostly really young mm-hmm. have you noticed that that rj you know in doing those sorts of things can help the others pick up on that sort of stuff yeah rj you can definitely see the the, the time under his belt and that he's been there and he's done that so he's definitely a really good leader by example okay um, we don't and we aren't next to the receivers all the time at practice so mm-hmm. i don't necessarily hear him vocally but by example he definitely does a great job leading those guys and showing them how to do how to do things right so okay and obviously you came from a winning culture too yeah mm-hmm. um pads come on for the next practice you excited about that i mean shoot we had them on today oh really shoulder pad i mean okay, you don't need pants pads. to hit it's the same thing <laughs> yeah shoulders shells versus shoulder pads and pants it's all the same okay you don't actually go to the ground but uh yeah no i'm excited okay. i'm excited to get hit and i want to get some more reps run blocking and stuff just because mm-hmm. Sometimes you feel a little rusty after having a few months off. It's kind of like driving a stick shift, though. I'm going to see you quickly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
I think that's all I got for you. Alrighty. Appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. Thank you. Yeah, definitely.